Hey, this is Bruce Boudreau, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. everybody and welcome back to episode 177 of empty betters i am your host harrison Scholes. i'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host nick manella what's going on my friend dude i am exhausted just helped my younger brother move all day can't Oof. feel my back can't feel my knees but we got a couple of these so i'm real happy now fountains are blue eh hell yeah amen well, it's summertime. First summer pod of the uh, of the season, so definitely a good time to be cracking them. Going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host up in Wisconsin, Mr. Mac Vogel. What's going on, my friend? Life is good in the good land. We've got a summer fest going on. We've got finally some good weather besides all the smoke from Canada, but that's a whole other problem. Um, I'm actually, speaking of drinks, I'm drinking a little summer bevy that I, I've been enjoying. I'm calling it the Dirty Arnie. It's like one of them spiked Arnold nice. Palmer's. Delish. The Dirty Arnie. I That's love that. That's so much better than having to say the full name, which puts my tongue into an absolute pretzel. Arnold every t- Palmer spiked Yeah, <laughs> is what it's labeled as. But yeah, Dirty Arnie, baby. Let's go. I like that. Love it. Uh, and lastly, but definitely uh, not. or but, oh, What's the saying? I'm drawing a blank. Last but not least. Last but not least, <laughs> Mr. Jackson Gross with the all-time best background on a Zoom call I've ever seen. If you're not watching on YouTube, you should be. Jackson, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we'll get into the the next greatest hockey player of all time in, in a few minutes. He's now part of my franchise, so I love it. But doing pretty good. Uh, just sucks being stuck inside for the most part with all the smoke from Canada. Haven't been able to go on a run in a few days, so but we'll get through it. It's weird. You know, we talk about smoke from Canada. It's like, you think it would be coming from Vancouver, but it's not. <laughs> Good one. Nick. LOL. Nice. Yeah. Like that one. Maybe there'll be some smoke uh, after July one coming up here shortly with some free agency chat. Uh, we got a lot to talk about NHL draft, NHL awards, free agency on the horizon, some trades and signings. So a jam packed episode uh, before we get started here, I'm actually going to toss it across to Nick for the question of the day today. We're switching it up a little bit. Real simple. Would you rather for you boys? So I was thinking about this while my body was deteriorating on the drive home from Baltimore uh, after the move. But would you rather never have to move again or never be hung over again? Ooh. Wow. That's a good one. Can I, I'm, I'm going to ask a qualifying question right away. When you say never have to move again, <clears throat> can I still change the location of where I live? I just don't have to do any of the work. You don't that... have to do it. Like everything okay. like that's set up in your house is yep. sort of set up that way when you 
get to your new place or set yeah. up the way you would want it to be set so up. it'd just be like hey i need to be in this other location by this day and it just kind of magically happens and it's uh, like you go occupy yourself for a day and right like by the time it's like 5 p.m you can go to the new place tv's hooked up internet's right. hooked up right. you don't have to run cables or anything yep. it's done yep. is okay. it free yep full service that's damn mm. good that is damn good that is um, damn good but that being said, realistically, <laughs> how many times are you going to move in your life? I mean, a lot when Versus. you're in college and shit, but I'm out of college now. So, I mean, hopefully not that many more times. And like your college moves are typically, especially if you're like Harry and I who lived in like a college town, you know, yeah. your move is like five minutes to 15 yes. minutes max. And usually you don't have too much shit. I mean, you've got a bunch of like stupid shit, but you don't have like like someone's got a couch, a someone's couch. got a TV. Yeah, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. It's like smaller stuff. So I don't know. I mean, that is super appealing. But I'm saying like maximum, I get to use that benefit. I don't know a dozen times. Like I can't imagine I'm going to move more than a dozen more times for the rest of my life. Would really, that, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I that, I'm, I'm being generous. I'm yeah. being generous here, but. Yeah. versus i can i think i can guarantee you boys i will be hung over more than a dozen more times <laughs> this year this, this, year. Yeah. this month before oh, the yeah. end of the summer 29. i don't know it's, how that it's works, also but... summer fest for max so it could be this week but right right <laughs> um hmm that's tough but the other part of this equation is i'm built different so like <laughs> i just don't get that hung over because i'm go. 25 and I'm give it two years my friend so that's why i'm like I, I feel like i know what nick is gonna say here but harry which way are you leaning oh no hangover uh, i hangovers crush me now i used to be i used to think i was like cool and built different and then okay it's just downhill <laughs> it's downhill it, it, it really is and plus like max said i could i'll probably end up being hung over you know hundreds of times before i die i might move yeah. maybe like three or four so for for me, I'm definitely going to choose the hangover. What's Jay, dope how about, about yourself? This? One quick comment. What's dope about this is it guarantees, no matter which one you pick, it guarantees you will never have to move hungover. That is- <laughs> yes, <laughs> which sucks. If which is horrible. out there who's done it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm probably leaning uh, the moving stuff because you got to think about it. Hangovers last, what, like a couple of days or whatever, typically. Maximum, Yeah. <laughs> But if you, if you think about it with just like how much you're going to bang up your body by moving and then all the mental stress you're going to have to do with setting up internet, setting up cable, it putting TVs, ass. couches, yep. and yeah. all that other stuff away, I'd rather not have to deal with that and then try and deal with maybe like a day or two of feeling like shit. I also think there's something to be said about the fact that like a, hung- a hangover is, it's kind of good for you in a way because it kind of yes. reminds you that you can't yes. like be doing that and like <laughs> you, yeah i guess it could be like a gateway drug to alcohol yeah, like if like i if, never if got if over, have hangovers like oh fuck i'm gonna like binge drink every fucking day like vodka <laughs> like, becomes gatorade at that yeah, point exactly <laughs> what's wrong with that right well like, i know um, people who do that and they still get hangovers true <laughs> i think i've All said right. this before but there's an awesome restaurant here that i've actually taken you guys to uh where miller light is on the menu and the description says the gatorade of beers yep I do love that. It's very true. I'm going to walk you guys through my school of thought with this one. I had a lot of time to think about this on the drive home. And I'm going to agree with Jay. I'm going to take never move again. 
like moving yourself is one thing. Imagine mm. if you have like kids oh. and you have to move. Oh. Or like you've got three kids and a dog. Oh my God. And you have yeah. to deal with like packing up all your crap, then all their crap. Then they get there. They're uncomfortable. They don't know where their shit is. Where, crying. At, at what point do you move the dog? Do you do right. first? You do last? And how? Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's rough. Right, the doors open while you're moving furniture. So the dog's dog running runs out, out of the house. Yeah. Oh, like it's just God, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm sold. That combined with the like, <laughs> like, I feel like if we didn't have hangovers, it would be like, a bottle of whiskey a night like yeah. not to sound <laughs> bad but the more i'm thinking about it the more that i'm like that is a dangerous uh superpower yeah. it's I'm a not good doing uh accountability buddy let's put it that way yes yep. accountability buddy i like that all right i think we're all in uh all in unison here yeah yeah move. harry are you still sticking with hangovers? I'm sticking hangover yeah okay okay I'm, if I'm... that's the case i'll move once a year for the rest of my life <laughs> i mean it's like, not a bad, not a bad gig change of scenery is always nice to never have great. to like attempt to like break my back going behind the tv to get like an hdmi cable into oh. the cable box or like feed yeah. it through the tv stand i that alone is enough for me to choose that yep i'm with you you know how many weddings and bachelor parties are in my next five years of life? If I can Buckle never up. be hungover, that is that is, <laughs> yeah. that is a win. So bachelor I, parties, you don't even have a choice. It's just like, yeah. uh, what oh. degree of hungover am I gonna be? I just I, had one this past weekend, boys. So yeah, I'll stick. I'll stick to my guns. But uh, that's a great QOTD. I enjoyed that one. Uh, this is just a reminder that that question of the day was brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It is Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, brackish life. All right. Uh, let's start with the NHL draft. Um, so, obviously, Connor Bedard, the big story going into this one. Uh, he definitely was the unanimous first overall pick. Uh, going into this, everybody knew it. So the Chicago Blackhawks take him number one. He is supposed to be the next Connor McDavid, as some would say. Uh, Jackson, I definitely want to hear your uh, immediate reaction to this. And, you know, you're tapped into the Blackhawks social media game. What was the buzz like? Oh, it, everyone was was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> uh, I was glad I was able to catch um uh, him being drafted right on my phone. It did throw me for a loop for a second that the GMs are the ones who announced the picks because in every other league, it's like the uh, commissioner or like assistant commissioner or whatever. So once yeah. I got past that, it was just cool to see like just how much hype was going into this. There was a watch party in Chicago. I wasn't able to go, but there was like fireworks or like confetti after he got drafted and all that kind of stuff. So there's a there's a re invigoration of hockey love in chicago going on right now considering where the two baseball teams are at <laughs> that was actually that's good um <laughs> yeah i mean we'll talk about this a little later in the episode but the blackhawks they get this generational talent he's 17 years old i think as of this moment turns yeah he's still not month. 18 uh, yeah he's not even like legal to buy tobacco and he's got the- he can't drink in canada and he's got a original six franchise putting all their trust into him, which is just crazy to think about. But um, real quick, what do you guys think about Bedard this coming season alone? Like, do you think he's going to put up 100 points as a rookie? 
it's hard to say. I feel like I'm so used to these like super highly touted first overall picks, like being as highly touted as they are and then showing up and we kind of have to lower the bar a little bit, at least for the first year or two. And I know this is kind of a different situation because we haven't had somebody with like this much hype around them and forever, maybe ever, honestly. Um, but I would say like, he'll he'll be in that range i'd say like 80 plus points feels right to me like i think that's reasonable yeah i think you know mac you talk about not having this much hype there's two players that i think of when you think about this much hype and that's sid and ovi and i skip over mcdavid because yes he had hype about him but i feel like he actually grew into so much more than what we were expecting, especially because of those early struggles. You know, the first couple seasons, he had the broken leg. The Oilers weren't really great. They were in and out of the playoffs. This guy, I don't know if he's going to go up and put out or go out and put up 100 points. But, you know, you look at someone like Jack Hughes, who came in at 18, struggled a lot in his first season. Everyone was throwing around bust on social media. And then he absolutely lights it up and gets, what, 40 tucks? Uh, in his sophomore season. So I think we could see something like that. I think a lot of that comes down to what do the Blackhawks do around him? They're obviously making some moves now that we'll touch on in a little bit. Uh, They brought in uh, NHL superstar Josh Bailey. So that's great. Uh, And immediately bought him out. Immediately (laughs) bought him out. He's too good for the team. Yeah, I think the thing that sets Bedard apart from maybe guys like Hughes or... I don't know, name some other first overall picks in the in the last couple of years. My brain's fried, but is the shot. The shot is at Leaf. 17 years old, probably in the top 10 in the NHL. And I would go ahead and say top five. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Did you guys see Kevin Weeks, who, by the way, did a phenomenal job on the coverage uh, there? He asked him what flex he's using on his stick, and he's using a 70. Yeah. I don't I, I, like that's like that's, that's like, some, like for, for reference, like some U16 shit or something. <laughs> like, yeah. For reference, OV uses like 110. Yeah, it's I don't know. That's a whippy ass stick. It's a long stick, too. He uses kind of a longer twig. But uh, yeah, Bedard goes number one to the Hawks. Uh, cool moment for their franchise. It's going to be a really exciting rookie season for him. And they just so happened to open up their season against my Pittsburgh Penguins at PPG Paints. And Bedard's favorite player growing up was Sid, and he gets to face off against him. That's going to be pretty cool. Wow, the NHL gets to put their two babies in a little manger together. I'm not complaining. It's going to be great. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm down it, for it. Yeah, it's like if it's like if you had the Habs and the Leafs in there, like Bettman would just be absolutely putting you know dots on his ceiling. <laughs> uh, and then a little controversy in the draft. So it was. I want to say pretty widely agreed on that Adam Fantilli was probably going to go number two. But then last second, you hear some uh, rumors that maybe Leo Carlson, maybe Will Smith will work their way up to number two. And the Ducks end up taking Leo Carlson at number two, which eventually leads to Adam Fantilli becoming a Columbus Blue Jacket at number three. What were your thoughts on how picks two and three shook out? Well, of course, Fance ends up in the Metro. I mean, just right off the bat, go ahead. Why not? Uh, The concept of Goudreau, Line A, and now Fantilli is you got to be excited if you're a Jackets fan. And honestly, like, I mean, that team has struggled for so long. I know they're in division for all of us minus Jay, but it's kind of cool to say, like, see them get like a A1 talent like that. 
I actually really like Leo Carlson for the Ducks, though. I feel like they're like a Swedish team. Like they always go for the yes. Euros. They love their Swedes. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. And like the comparisons with uh, Carlson, you know, he's got the size and still has all the skill. So the comparisons to the two-way game of Barkov and the offensive upside of Jason Spezza are there. And that's hard to ignore. Yeah, no, that's that's some great company to be compared to. And then you look at Fantilli, a lot of people use uh, Jonathan Taves, maybe Logan Couture as a guy that he could resemble. So CBJ is definitely going to get their uh, probably number one center down the road. And I think he's got a touch more goal scoring and sort of like finish ability than those guys do. I mean, Taves was nasty, but his shot wasn't his biggest weapon. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so two and three shook out that way. And then Will Smith goes number four to San Jose. I know there are a lot of people talking about him because he was the highest scoring player. I believe in, I can't remember what the, it was like under 18 scoring, but the league is escaping me. But Bedard was the only guy above him. Will Smith was second. Um, so some people were saying maybe he would go second, but he ends up going to San Jose. Um, so good for them. Not going to go through all of these, but definitely the biggest talk of the top 10 is uh, Mitchkov, the Russian kid, goes to the Philadelphia Flyers at number seven. A lot of people are saying in any other draft, and if you take away his contract situation in Russia, he's an easy number one overall pick. When you get compared to Pavel Datsuk and Nikita Kucherov, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's hard not to. Yeah. I mean, you name it. That There's been all kinds of comparisons. There's been people saying he's the best Russian since Ovechkin available in the draft. Um, I know there was tons of rumors that the Caps had their eyes on him. And there was a lot of rumors that Philly was like specifically going to take him like so the Caps couldn't get him. Um, There was speculation leading up to it that the Caps might try and trade up. And then there was like, oh, are they going to try and call their bluff? Like what if Philly actually wants somebody else? And, you know, it it seemed to be one thing for sure. The price of trading up in this draft was high. It was so high. It was almost not worth it. Yeah. And and I think everybody kind of, realized that and decided on because as as uh we have in the notes here for the first time since 2007 uh the nhl draft had no trades in the first round that uh, comes to us from frank cervalli um so yeah i mean it, it was interesting caps basically called their bluff said you won't take him and flyers did that's the way it shook out he is on khl contract as uh harrison mentioned for i believe three more years so unless three he finds years. a way to get out of that which Two some guys three, have yeah. Um, it's possible he can get out early, but for now, that's uh, how long he's going to be there minimum. So, um, for that reason, I'm kind of okay with the caps not getting him just because the caps kind of need to be good like now or like maybe next year. And with our pick, Ryan Leonard, I feel like there's a chance maybe he could see some NHL time by like next season or something like that. Um, so we'll see how that all shakes out, but all things considered, I'm, I'm pretty okay with the pick they, that the, Caps ended up taking. I think uh, a lot of people called him like a Tom Wilson light Ryan Leonard, which is hmm. I mean, that's that's a pretty good uh, good that's comparison a- for me. I'm cool with that. I think the last thing I'll say about Mitchkov is the Flyers are in total rebuild mode. They are blowing that thing up, and they're going to do it right. I think the people they've brought in. I think Daniel Briere is already doing a fantastic job. Um, I loved his interview with Emily Kaplan following that pick. 
Yeah. Uh, I know it did come out or get leaked on the internet that basically Mitchkov had like two meetings prior to the draft with the Flyers that went fantastically well. I heard he was pretty much telling other teams like I'm not I'm not going to play there. Uh, so I, I think right. that that's something that is absolutely going to be a problem for anyone that's a fan of a Metro team in Mac, like you said, two to three years. Yeah. Um, and then you guys get Ryan Leonard, as Mac already alluded to. Nick, do you have any thoughts uh, that Mac didn't say? The uh, diet Tom Wilson or Tom Wilson light thing is probably a good way to explain this to Caps fans. I think there's a lot more skill set there in terms of like nose for the net and stick handling kind of stuff. The comparisons to the Kachuk brothers is fantastic. I think Caps fans kind of have to be over the moon with this one. Um, there's you a couple guys in his face. He's like yeah. a, he's like a gritty guy. Like you, you can tell, he even said it like when they, I like when they ask guys like describe your like skill set. like what do you bring to the table? And he said something like, uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of gritty. I'm not afraid to like get Mix physical and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think that's sort of become an underlying theme in DC that no one really talks about for the past four or five years. But I think my favorite part about his interview with Emily Kaplan was, she was like, you're going to get to play with Alex Ovechkin. And I thought like the dude was like Wiley Coyote, like his eyes just yeah. jumped out of his head. Uh, so that was great to see. Yeah, super cool. Uh, it was a, all in all, I would say it was a pretty good draft in terms of, you know, being a viewer. The way ESPN broke it down was great. Butchie was awesome. Weeksy was awesome. Harry Price uh, was usual. great. Carey Price was great. <laughs> I thought it was actually a decent covered draft and apparently it shows because this comes to us from puck empire uh who got it from john butchie gross the 2023 nhl draft had 681,000 viewers on espn which shattered the record of 457,000 in last year's draft and that follows That's one weird. of the worst stanley cup final views of Ever. all time mm-hmm. yeah so what you lost it. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not getting as many views as the cup finals, but to set a record for that, I mean, that's pretty good for the league. I think they did a good job. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that'll wrap up our our draft coverage. Don't want we got a lot to talk about, so we can't touch on it too too long. Um, but we are gonna move on to the NHL awards. Before we get to that, I just want to say uh be on the lookout for the empty betters awards. We're going to be doing that for the first time this season. That should be releasing in the near future. The first annual, that is. Yep. Yeah. First of yes. many. First annual. So be on the lookout for that. We'll uh, be posting on social when that goes live. Uh, going to touch on the big trophies, quote unquote, here. Uh, MVP, McDavid, duh. Uh, Ted Lindsay, the most outstanding player, McDavid, duh. Uh, Art Ross, leading scorer, McDavid, we already knew this, duh. And then most goals, the Rocket Richard, McDavid, uh, duh. So first player since, I believe, Ovi in 07-08 to bring yep. home the four major individual awards. That's pretty sick. It is pretty sick. I feel like it's not getting talked about at all because we had we just went straight into the draft. And I feel like timing, you know, shout out to the NHL marketing team again, you know, putting the NHL awards in the middle of the week, right before the draft, which is also in the middle of the week, just a fantastic job to <laughs> alienate everyone from, from watching it. That's still one of my favorite photos of Ovi is the one where he's just holding all the hardware and he's like super young. Yeah. it It's cool. I mean, 
McDavid literally just had the best season in the 21st century. So that's pretty insane. Um, first guy since Mario to put up 150 points uh, back in 96. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Norris, best defenseman. Uh, Eric Carlson takes that one home. He got 100 points this season, which is pretty insane. We haven't seen that in a very long time. Well-deserved. I agree. Yeah. Even though the Sharks didn't make the playoffs, I thought he was uh, the best the best defenseman this year to put up 100 points as a D-man is insane. So He was what uh, the Sharks wanted when they got Eric Carlson. Right now it's too late. Now they got to trade him and we'll, we can, yep. that'll probably break as we are recording this, knowing our luck. Uh, <laughs> the Vesna best goalie, Linus Olmark of the Boston Bruins. This is obviously regular season-based awards, so keep that in mind. Uh, the Calder, Rookie of the Year, Matty Beneers, no surprise there. And then the Selkie Trophy, Patrice Bergeron once again. I think this is the sixth time he's won this trophy. He has won this award more than 30 other NHL franchises. Insane. The Selkie is such a like repeat offender award, too. Like it went to Datsuk. Then I think like it Kopitar. went to like then to Kopitar, then to Bergeron, then to Kopitar, then to Bergeron. I think Couturier had one in there like three years ago. But it's just so funny how this one goes. Yeah. Um, those are pretty much all the big awards. I do want to oh, – Jack Adams, Coach of the Year, Jim Montgomery of the Bruins. Uh, and then I'm going to give a shout-out to Crystal Tang. I love this one. Uh, the Bill Masterson Trophy. It's basically like a perseverance trophy. The guy just had a stroke, and his dad died all in the same season. And he had another injury too. So he's been, uh, he's been down <laughs> a dark road this season, but – uh, he was in an interview after he received the award and he said, you know, it was tough this season, but back to business as usual next season. So I definitely uh, appreciate that human side of Chris and he's a great guy and we're lucky to have him. Absolutely. And very well deserved. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Johnny, the rocket Carlson was up for this one as well. Um, you know, with all the injuries he had to go through this year, especially that head injury, but you know, it's hard to be mad at Chris Letang for winning this award. I think he absolutely deserves it. 100% agree with that. I think as we've talked about just everything he had to go through, it's like, and still do decently well considering everything that went on. I think he was an easy slam dunk for that. Yeah. Yep. So that will wrap up the NHL awards. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit of AHL. I know the Hershey Bears just won their 12th Calder Cup in franchise history, which is the most in the AHL. Nick and Mac, what are your guys' uh, thoughts on this? What a game. Sweeter by the dozen, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, chocolate hockey. I mean, mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm. whole series was an it absolute does. treat to watch. A, a game seven overtime, and, like, the Bears were down 2 nothing late in the second period, tied it, battled back, forced overtime. I mean, it's just it was literally like a storybook, like Disney – Disney movie of a hockey game basically um, is, is how I would explain it. But yeah, it was super fun watching it on TV while it was going on. I was going nuts in my living room as soon as they scored. Um, so yeah, it was nice to have a little, little extra hockey there after the NHL season ended tip of the cap to all the bears. And if you're a caps fan, I mean, you got to love seeing a lot of the young guys like McMichael and LaPierre play a huge role. Uh, Hunter Shepard is Hunter Shepard as well. Um, it's great seeing guys like that in a really big moment when your back's against the wall, battle back, tie the game, force overtime, win the championship. 
it's good stuff. Good experience. I think, you know, it's great to see Mac, like you mentioned, like McMichael and LaPierre, probably the two high, the highest touted Washington Capitals prospects playing for the Bears get huge goals in that game. But I don't think we can really it's just like amazing the journey that Hunter Shepard has been on. This is a guy who was playing in South Carolina two years ago and is now a Calder Cup champion and had one of the best playoffs for a goaltender in pro hockey we've seen in a very, very long time. Calder Cup champion, and he won the playoff MVP as well. Well Well-deserved, too. Awesome stuff from the Bears, uh, and congrats to our pal Zach Fucali. That's awesome. Speaking of which, stay tuned. That's all we'll say. Uh, All right, that'll wrap up our AHL coverage. Congrats to the Bears once again. Uh, These two teams, Calgary and Boston, just want to touch on this, even though it is rumor mill, uh, but we'll report it in our news segment. There's going to be a lot of change potentially in those two organizations for the Flames. Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, and Noah Hannafin have all said that they want out of town per Frank Saravelli. They are set to become UFAs on July 1. Should be interesting to see what Calgary can work out between now and then, if anything. To Foley as well. Well, he's already gone, but yes. Yeah. Yep. He, uh, he said he was like, get me out of here. Yeah, so we'll touch on that in a second. Uh, and then the Bruins, they're preparing under the assumption that Bergeron and Krejci will not be back next season. They're giving the two veterans some time and space to figure out how they want to handle next season. That would be a huge culture change in the Bruins locker room should those two not return. So I got to ask odds maker Harry here, if you were going to bet on both of those players starting the first game of the season for the Bruins, what would you set the line at? No, that's a good, that's a good question. I like that one. I feel like for Bergeron, I'd give it like uh even money, even money, like plus a hundred. Spot on. Krejcic, uh, Plus one sixty. I feel like it might be a little less likely for him. I feel like he like was in the ch- he was in check, and then he was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. And then they had this unreal run, and he's like, this is kind of my chance. And then they obviously didn't get out of the first round. And I feel like he's like, fuck this, I'm I'm done. So maybe we'll like see. meet in the middle, like plus one twenty, one twenty five kind of thing. Uh, if you did, know. if you did the two combined, yeah, I guess uh, okay. two combined. Yeah, I, I'd say that's probably what I would set it at, but. uh should be interesting. I can't imagine Bergeron not coming back. I don't know why, but in my head, I'm like, I totally no way agree. That, that doesn't... He's, he's playing. He just won the selfie. Yeah. He's playing. And they just brought Lucic back to right. Like, like they know on. what they're doing. They're like, look, yeah. we got a treat for you here. Yeah. It's like they would put Tom Brady in a Bruins jersey if they could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... Anything to get the nostalgia factor and everybody's <laughs> back into it. Yeah. Um, and then before we get to the trades, just some cool little tidbits, you know, that we uh co- that came over the uh news segment here. Some grow the game moments. Uh, Tennessee State became the first HCBU to offer college hockey after partnering with the Predators and the NHLPA. That's awesome. And then players from 15 different countries were drafted this year, which is absolutely nuts, including Mr. Manella. Do you know what I'm gonna say here and why I'm singling you out? My Paisan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah, we had um a goaltender. The Ducks mm-hmm. took a goaltender. His name is totally escaping me. I think but... it's, I want to say Damien Clara or something yes. like that. Yep. Um. So he's the first Italian-born and raised player to be drafted. Luca Spisa, the defenseman, was Italian-born but grew up in Switzerland and plays internationally for the Swiss. So glad to see that. 
Yeah, super. He cool. drafted like 60th overall too. It's not yeah, not too not bad. bad, especially for a goalie. That's like right? pretty solid. Yeah. And we're gonna move on to the trades portion. Uh, there's been quite a few. I'm hoping we have all of these on here. If we miss one, apologies. And there's probably gonna be one that comes over while we're doing this. So uh, just bear with us here. But the big one. Winnipeg sends Pierre-Luc Dubois to L.A. for Gabe Velarde, Alex Ayafalo, and Rasmus Kapari, and a second for in 2024. And then PLD signs eight years at 8.5 AAV. That's a little over $68 million total. I have for- a quick, quick tidbit that I'll read off. Uh, I had to get the scoop from our boy Morgan Miller on all this. He, interestingly enough, uh, was the most bummed to be losing Gabe Velarde uh, and the least bummed to be losing Ayafalo. He he felt that that Ayafalo was the most uh, replaceable, I guess, of the bunch. And um, he also noted that if he did, he said if he did his math right, he thinks that how all the like contracts are going to shake out, that should still leave the Kings with about five or six million to play with for goalie. So that's what he's worried about right now as a, as a diehard Kings fan who's going to stop pucks. I think this trade is kind of, it's a win-win. It's it's a solid A-minus for both teams. Let's put it that way. I think, you know, Dubois was obviously not happy in Winnipeg. I mean, that could be said about a lot of players, but <laughs> um, he wanted yeah. out and just, I mean, dude, you're going from living in Manitoba to living in Los Angeles. I mean, you just hit the absolute jackpot. <laughs> the only thing I'll say about the sign in trade is that it absolutely does handcuff the Kings a little bit going forward. Like that money is going to be a problem at some point, you know, whether you get a cup in the next five years or you don't, there's going to be people you want to bring in that you can't because you have this money on your payroll. I will say I almost feel like it's more of a problem like right now though, yep. than, yeah, than anything because he's there for eight years at that price. I think by the end of that, I mean, he's still what, 24 years old or 25, something like that. Is like, he really? I thought he was like 26 I, or seven. I totally I could be wrong, but can we get a we fact get... check? I'm pretty sure he's like 25 max. It, he's 25 years old. Okay. And he will be, he'll turn, he's already turned 25. He turned 25 back onto 24th. Okay. So he just turned 25. Yes. Literally. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that to me, like there's there's a world where you're at the end of that contract and he's still a solid producer for you, and you don't absolutely hate that you're paying that, especially if by that by year eight, he may even be deserving of more, you know, like yeah, yeah. I don't did know. you guys uh did you see Velarde's comments about leaving Los Angeles? I did. I no, actually sent that to Morgan too. He said, like, uh, <laughs> let's just say um, because they were asking, like, oh, does it suck to like leave Los Angeles for Winnipeg? And he was like, Honestly, I'm kind of excited about it. Let's just say uh those folks back in, in Los Angeles, they're not the biggest hockey fans. Which it was something along those lines. You're you're yeah. going to the complete opposite of that. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 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 And he uh so I sent that to to our boy Morgan. He just like sent back like the angry emoji. <laughs> Which like, and for those that don't know, Winnipeg, Manitoba, like winter is basically hockey season. It's October yeah. to April. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Literally. Probably one of the worst places to live weather-wise in the world, I would oh, say. Oh yeah. Um, so that's not that fun. But Nick, I agree. I think like an A minus for both. PLD is a strange one for me. He's a streaky guy. Like he 
He had a, he had a good season, but I, I can't get that clip of him in that shift in Columbus with Torts as the coach out of my head where he literally <laughs> looked like he was playing beer league. None of his stats, if you look at any of his individual seasons, are like glaringly like, holy shit. For eight and a half million, that's a hefty price. It's I, the sandpaper, totally though. With you. It's like it's yeah. sandpaper. Yeah. yeah. But it's I almost feel like, I mean, I feel like maybe this isn't fair to say, but because especially because I'm thinking again of like torts. But I'm like, does the guy have an attitude problem or something like that? Because which, first of all, I would have an attitude problem if John Tortorello was my coach. But <laughs> um, I don't know. Just like from the track record, I feel like there's been some some times where I'm kind of like stopping a little bitch and just like play hard you know like yeah no i get it i understand also shout out to the montreal canadians who had to do everything they possibly could to get dubois to come there and then backed out at the last minute i mean honestly i don't i I don't hate that for them i don't know if i really i don't know if i necessarily love this for la i might like it we'll see how it pans out but uh i love the return for Winnipeg. I think Velarde yeah. could absolutely yep. yeah. be a top six top line stud there. Yep. Yeah. Like 30 goals probably. In, and I, I, I would I, say five years, maybe. I still think I, I think I follow could easily be second or third line guy and, and get 20 goals or mm-hmm. I think he was unhealthy off and on last season. So that was a little bit of an issue, but with yes, him, it's healthy. sort of like what I say about uh, Jordan Eberle or Anthony Sorelli. Like he only mm-hmm. scores massive Big goals, goals yeah. in the playoffs. Iafalo gives me like a like a Oshi light or like a diet to Foley type vibe, yes. like something mm-hmm. like that. Very yeah. much so. Yeah, it's a good comparison. Uh, not going to go through all of these. I'm sure no one in the world here listening cares that Mackenzie Blackwood went to the Sharks. So we're going to glance over I cried. those kind of trades. <laughs> uh, this one, kind of a big one, not too much, but uh, the Avalanche trade Alex Newhook to the Canadians for two draft picks. Uh, so First pretty- and a second. Yeah. Which, uh, so, which yeah. felt a little steep, but... Yeah, especially considering 31 and 37 plus a player on top of that. I figured if you're going to give up a first, you'd probably give up like a later second, somewhere in the 40s or 50s. But also like 37 low key to me is still a first round pick. Yeah, I also feel like Alex Newhook is good, good for like one, like third round pick. Like that's what I would have said he was worth, but. Fuck me. We definitely <laughs> saw a little bit of, I don't know, do we want to call it hockey inflation at the draft with people yes. trying to shed cap? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's been a weird ass year with the flat salary cap because like all players are just being given away for like yeah. nothing. Yeah, there's a big one coming up that we're going to yeah. talk about that yeah, someone on this podcast it. is very happy about. <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, they send Kevin Hayes to the St. Louis Blues for a six-round pick in 2024 with 50% salary retained. That is like literally shipping something in a box and never getting a payment back for it. Like That's so just wild. This was my first Washington Capitals what-are-you-doing moment of the pre-draft. Yeah, saga. like if we could have just had him for that same price, why why didn't we? Like, I'll give you a third, fourth, and a fifth. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, why not? No, straight up. Hey, yeah. this is a gamer. I don't care. And if you're you retaining half his salary? Year. Like, what am yeah. I getting for no, him? Like, literally I- give me him. Tin a chew and a half a bag of pucks. Like I will on. say he he makes Seriously. a lot of sense in St. Louis. I actually think it'll be a good fit. Yeah. I do yeah. too. I was gonna say I think St. Louis, watch out for them this year. I'm not saying they're gonna be cup winners, but I do think they're gonna be a lot more dangerous than they were last year. 
next up, the Bruins. They send Taylor Hall and Nick Felino to the Chicago Blackhawks for Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula, I think. Uh, yes. Jackson, thoughts on this trade? I absolutely love it, considering the Blackhawks only gave up two guys who they weren't going to bring back. Ian Mitchell, he needed a change of scenery. He feel like he kind of was like stagnating a little bit. He wasn't getting consistent ice time with the Blackhawks. So send him to somewhere where he may get a, a nice little shot on the bottom bottom pair in Boston. And then great leadership with Nick Felino got him for one year at $4 million. I think that's a great contract. And then Taylor Hall is going to be the perfect uh, line mate with Connor Bedard and just trying to mentor him as a former number one overall pick. Yeah. Now, Hall's not going to go and win the heart this year with Bedard next to him, but 60 to 70, maybe even 80 points this year out of, out of Taylor Hall would be exceptional. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great point, Jay. And especially with Taylor Hall, it's a guy that was so highly touted, came into a very, very bad Edmonton Oilers team. And had a very similar draft to what Bedard has now. Um, everyone forgets that Hall and Eberle were drafted like I think first and maybe 14th. Don't come after me, Oilers fans, but you know, very similar to what Bedard and Oliver Moore were drafted. I think they're, you know, it's it's someone that can absolutely help guide Connor Bedard at 17 years old uh in his first NHL season. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great trade for for Chicago and especially for the return. I mean, Jesus, that's that's a steal. Like Max said, you know, we're seeing a lot of guys go for so cheap right now. And that's this trade probably highlights that better than anything. So uh, next up, Nick's favorite player, Ryan Johansson of the Nashville Predators goes to the Colorado Avalanche for the right to unrestricted free agent Alex Galchenyuk, 50% salary retained. Nick, what are your thoughts? This is a home run deal for the Avs. I've kind of dumped on this guy like the entire time this podcast has been in existence. And that's just because the Predators have been in a nosedive ever since going to the cup final against the Penguins. And this guy has basically just been invisible, in my opinion. But I think he's going to find every bit of what makes him a great NHL player in Colorado. I think it's absolutely going to be a home run fit. And the fact that they got him for 50% retained to a guy who's not even signed yet. It's just the rights to him is just such a grand slam of a deal. I think this is the second line center that they needed. Maybe not as good as Kadri was two seasons ago, but they, they tried to replace him with new hook. It didn't really work like that. And as a result, you're seeing them get, Johansson in the mix, I think he'll be a great second line center for them. I also think this is a guy that you can park in front of the net on a second power play unit and just shoot around. I mean, he's got the yeah. size. I mean, you know, Big he boy. can win faceoffs in the offensive zone. So I yeah. like it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it'll end up working well for Colorado. It's gonna be it's kind of hard for someone not to work out well in Colorado, which is why it's I'm also confused why Montreal paid so much for New Hook. Like, why? yeah, I don't get that either. It's also so like. I'm not even going to say low risk. I'm just going to say zero risk, high reward. Yeah. They're not giving up shit like Galchenyuk. Yeah. Like whatever, man. Yeah. Cost them anything. It's it's like using a gift card to buy something on Amazon. No, straight up. That's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a great analogy. <laughs> Verbal meme. We need it. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, this next one, super pumped about this. Reigning Stanley Cup champion Riley Smith. <laughs> 
has been traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for a third-round pick, which is going back to Vegas. That's the one they gave up to get Teddy Bluger earlier this season. Mr. Kyle Dubas, you have arrived. Tell me how in the world Alex Newhook is worth a first, a second, and a player. Thank you. And Riley Smith is worth a third round pick. The other way around. They already fucking had like like, a few months ago. (laughs) It's called American weed versus French weed. And they were smoking (laughs) on that joint that time. That was wow. Yeah, but I also gotta say this does feel like a mini salary dump for for yeah. Vegas. They got I mean, yeah, so many a, guys definitely with massive contract. But I mean, it's good for them. This is much better than the return they got for Mark Andre Fleur and some of the other guys they've gotten rid of. So for them to even get a third sure. round pick for a big contributing player and a legend for them, I think it is huge. And I think Pittsburgh is actually gonna love this guy. I will say when the uh, when the Knights. Twitter account tweeted the news. The replies from Knights fans were so funny. They were great. Almost every single one was just like, wait, what? (laughs) We have to lose players? (laughs) It's like, now you know the price you pay. And also, it's just, I I mean, I kind of have to give them a little bit of credit. They have, like, always had this mentality of no one on this roster is safe. And he's one of the original guys that we made such a big deal about, like, getting the cup, like, second or third. And now... See, you. like, here you go. Yeah. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like, so oh. if you could be out by Monday, that would be great. <laughs> a lot of Pens fans saying this could be the writing on the wall. Jason Zucker is going to hit free agency. I would imagine he probably will. Um, sucks to see him go, but I'm super pumped to have Riley yeah, Smith. So what? That'll be yeah, fine. I That's a like fine trade off. Yeah, that experiment kind of went one way. Eh. Yeah, good season, but he's always hurt. So, yes. Uh, Ross Colton traded to the Avs in exchange for the 37th overall. Going back to Tampa, not a whole lot of hoopla on that. I mean, Ross Colton, decent player, had some big playoff goals, probably some, a good third liner. Some muscle for the Avs. I feel like maybe they didn't really have that when they played Tampa in the cup final. You'd probably say Tampa had a little bit more of the, the hammer behind their players. But, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good move. Uh, Tampa also trades the rights to Corey Perry over to the Chicago Blackhawks for a 2024 seventh round pick. No contract details yet for Perry, but uh, the Hawks get another veteran winger. I think a guy who's going to help groom Bedard. So that'll be cool for that. And what better guy than the worm, right? I mean, that's awesome. Crazy to think that like he's probably old enough to be Bedard's dad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he'd be very young because... I think yeah. Perry's like 38 now, but still con- considering <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I was just Perry say- won a, a mem cup with a uh, former guest of the program, Robbie shrimp the year that Bedard was born. Oh, five. That's crazy. Yeah. Doesn't that kind of put it in perspective? Sid and Ovi made their NHL debuts the year that Bedard was born. Yeah, that's wild. That's that wild. is. I uh, hate everything. That, yeah, <laughs> that is sucks. That, that sucks. is strange. Uh, and the last trade we'll talk about: Tyler Toffoli. Nick alluded to this earlier. Traded to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Igor Sharangovich and an 80th overall pick. I'm gonna go ahead and say it: the New Jersey Devils are loaded. Absolutely loaded. You, I think you texted us the other day saying they're the new Rangers. I low-key think they're the better version of the Rangers, just minus the goalie right now. Yeah, 
I think I don't know if there's a better offensive team on paper going into the season than the Devils. Maybe you could argue the Oilers because you know 97-29, but yeah, no, they're nasty. It's and they're kind of keeping that Devils identity that won them cups in what what was it 95-90 something else, and then what 2000 maybe? Sure, something. Right. I, I, yeah. you're, you're absolutely yeah. right, though. They they really are sticking to that that Devils brand of hockey. Yeah, I love it for them. So that's a great trade. And then Sharon Govich signs uh, with the Flames two years at 3.1 AAV. Smart we'll move, deal. On to, we'll move on to some extensions real quick. Milan Lucic back to Beantown, one year, 900K. Uh, I think that's their pitch to get <laughs> Bergeron <laughs> and Krejcic to stay. Don't know. I mean, knowing Lucic and back in Boston, watch him have like a good year. But uh, so that happened. And then Timo Meyer signs an eight-year, 8.8 AAV extension with the Devils, the $70 million man. I love what Jersey's doing. Thoughts, comments on that? Overpay, not so much. I think when you trade for a guy like this, like Timo Meyer, I think you obviously have to pay him the big money. And we're just going to see that contracts are just going to keep being larger and larger for maybe guys who – aren't as good where like a few years ago, if you're paying someone 8.8 million, you're thinking this is for that time, like an Austin Matthews or yeah. Patrick Kane or something, but that's a Meyer's... top line contract. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no. Meyer great fit for New Jersey. Um, so I think this is well worth it. Yeah. Spot on Jackson. And, and all I would add to that is similar to what I said about the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois thing. The, the longer the tenure is in a situation like this one, the more it actually makes sense because you're you're saving yourself from having to pay that inflation costs a couple of years down the road that's going to be even higher. Yeah. Uh, assuming you know he plays well through the contract and sticks around and all that. I mean, it just makes that top six even better. Uh, didn't have a great playoffs, but I'm sure once he's settled into Jersey, not going midseason, he'll definitely be better for them. He got beat up too. Oh, he got laid mm-hmm. out. I mean, he literally got borderline concussed i would yeah. say from jacob truba but yes uh the dallas stars they extend dadanov two years 2.25 the leafs re-signed david camp four years 2.5 and then vegas extends ivan Barbashev to a five-year five mil aav for a 25 million dollar total that's probably the reason they traded riley smith to pit so they keep Barbashev, who had an unreal postseason so good for the knights Let's move on to the discussion portion of this episode, which is presented by Kane Footwear, who I think Nick has a word from. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, I had to move my younger brother today. And while I was doing that, you guys know I was rocking Kane Footwear the whole time. I know I'm hurting right now, but had I been wearing any other shoe, I probably would basically be on a hospital gurney right now. Not only did I have my Kane Revives on, but I got a pair of the Kane Revive socks which are absolutely incredible. They're padded on like the top of your feet, on like the back of your heel. Uh, They keep everything um, nice and constricted. So, you know, you feel comfortable. It feels like an athletic fit, but it was absolutely fantastic while I was moving stuff up and down, picking up heavy things, putting them down in different places. So head to the link in our bio today for the pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. For sure. Thank you, Kane, once again for uh, sponsoring the discussion segment. Uh, I think the big question that everybody's asking, we slightly talked about Bedard earlier, but we'll throw this one out. And Jay, I definitely want to hear your opinion. 
realistically, what can we expect from the Chicago Blackhawks as a team this season? That's that's so tough right now because we still have to go through free agency. And right now the Blackhawks have nearly $25 million available to spend after some of the trades they've done. That's um, <laughs> so honestly, it's tough to say. Obviously, they're not going to spend all of it. They're going to basically play it how the Bears have been playing it the past couple of years where they're just going to ship out guys and start spending s- smartly. So I think they're going to add a goaltender. They'll still have, uh, I think, was it Stalock still here? Or is it, oh no, it's Mrazic. Mrazic will still be here. They'll spend some money on a goalie. Uh, they drafted a ton of forwards, but they'll still sign more. They're not probably going to bring back Caleb Jones. So they'll have to sign some defensemen. So just getting some smart contracts, maybe two, maybe three-year deals, depending on the guy, just to build that roster around. I think the Blackhawks, they won't be the worst team or one of the worst teams in the league again, but they'll probably still miss the playoffs by, I think, like a solid make 10 to 15 points, something like that. Yeah, I think that's a, a really fair, unbiased assessment. So tip of the cap to you for that, Jackson. But I, all I would add is that I obviously the biggest concern is goaltending right now. That's probably the number one thing they ought to go out and, and really take a hard look at, see who's available, see see who they can get. Um I, I got to say, though, I, I'm pretty impressed with the start. It's it's a really, really good start to rebuilding this team and, and becoming competitive again quickly, like very quickly. The fact that we're talking about, I mean, how bad they were last year and, and the fact that we're talking about right now that they probably will miss the playoffs and like all of us are like, yeah, probably. But I don't think any of us are willing to say like 100% they will. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that alone, I think, speaks volumes about how well they've done at rebuilding this team so far. I think they could, you know, like Jay said, if they bring in a goaltender and maybe one to two more, you know, solid B to A plus defensemen, we're probably looking at like what Detroit or Buffalo had this year in the East. Like you're probably anywhere between five to 10 points out of a playoff spot. And if they go crazy in free agency, I don't think it's all that crazy to think that they could sneak in somehow, especially in the West. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I totally. I think, I think they could be within a 10 point range. I think they could be like kind of what the Red Wings were this year, you know, like one of those kind of teams play spoiler against some good teams, uh, maybe make a push at the end, but ultimately miss by a couple. Um, some names for free agency, just so, uh, everybody knows because that's coming up here very shortly. Uh, Kane and Taves, we know they're not coming back. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, JVR, John Klingberg, uh, Pacioretty, Dumba, Jonathan Quick. Uh, just trying to look at some other names Thomas Tatar, uh, Shane Goss to spare. I mean, there's definitely some names out there. So we'll see. Tony D. Tony D. <laughs> I could see <laughs> Gossis Bear being like a, a cheap D that they pick up on like a two-year deal or something like that. I could see just, that. Just uh, include the whole Coyotes roster because we know those two teams swap players. They like love middle, it. Middle oh, schooler swap spit, man. Dude. Like, yeah. They love it so much. Evan Rodriguez. I think that would actually be a good one. That would be a good fit. Definitely. He could easily get top six minutes there. Connor Sherry, potentially. Good middle six guy. I'd be down for yeah. that, but I'd love to see them steal away Dumba from the wild. I think that'd be a great pair to put with Seth Jones. I would agree. 
Uh, so, yeah, let's see what the Blackhawks can do this season. We're going to end this episode with our trivia segment, as always, which is presented by our friends over at Elwood's Liquor and Tap, who I believe Mac has a word from. Indeed. Support your local dive bar and have a beer at Elwood's Liquor and Tap, home of the Pizza Luge, located in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, right on Water Street. The 70s-inspired bar has a little something for everyone. From daily happy hour, rotating taps, free birthday perks, and a four-season patio, a good time is always right around the corner at Elwood's. They've also got the full NHL package, so be sure to head over there come October when the season is back. And uh, you can bring your dog, too. It's a dog-friendly bar. So uh, head on down to Elwood's, have a couple drinks. Make some friends. We'll have a good time. All right, boys, this is a good trivia uh, segment I've got here. I'm really excited about this one. Um, the title of this of this particular trivia question is called A Crazy 23 Minutes. So we're, we're talking about on this day in 2016, 23 minutes went by. And in that span of 23 minutes, two blockbuster trades and one huge signing occurred okay um can anyone tell me what either of those any of those Ooh. three things are me 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 oh, God. nick you can knock out one i'll knock so, out one and then we'll see if jake can get the last one All trade right. i have to go first and okay. it's the suban weber trade right that's one of them yep okay. oh so uh, for that the- was the second one that okay. was the second thing that happened. Like, right. So, so one crazy trade happened and everyone was like, oh my God. And then, um, hold on. Let's see. Uh, 20 minutes after that was the, the Subban Weber one. And then three minutes after that, the news broke about a big signing. For oh, I know all so, three of so, these too. So, Damn it. <laughs> so here's what I'll say to kind of help Jay out. I will do the signing. Okay. Because the trade that happened includes one player on your roster for the Chicago Blackhawks right now. Good job, boys. You're right. Yeah. Yep. I am the extension was Steven Stamkos staying in Tampa Bay. Yes. Correct. And that was a huge oh. one. There. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was so much speculation about him yes. going back to Toronto that year. I think it was a bigger deal that he didn't go to Toronto yes. versus re-signed in Tampa. <laughs> People were like losing their minds for like months about that and finally he never even hit the free agent market because it was a couple days prior but yeah that was the last thing that happened so what was the what was the first big trade that broke that that really uh really shattered people's brains here that's with a guy currently on the blackhawks a newly appointed member (laughs) of your team was this this is a Corey perry trade or no no that's a good guess though that's a good guess I will also say here this this might help you out, Jackson. Um, in his so this player gets traded, uh-huh. and then the his new team in his second season with that new team, he won the Hart Trophy, um, scored a career high thirty nine goals, ninety three points. Oh my god! And his, his team did pretty damn well that year too. They did, and I. I would just remember this is a very, very new Blackhawk. Maybe not someone who's been on the roster a, a very long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Why am I not thinking of this? Like under a week. Yeah. Under a yeah. week. We talked oh, about Taylor it. Hall. Yep. Yeah. I was wondering uh, when that would click. The greatest <laughs> NHL one-for-one trade of all time. Yep. Taylor Hall for, for Adam Larson. Yep. Adam oh. Larson. Oh. 
Oh, from Edmonton, New Jersey. That's yep. right. Yes, sir. He's now a member of the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. Good one, man. Like that. Yeah. That was, that was today. That was good. Mm-hmm. That, yep. that was June Damn. 29th. Wow. Yep. All right. Solid epi. Uh, uh, very news heavy, obviously. We're at that time of the year. Uh, the next episode will probably be a free agency recap. So kind of the same thing. And then we'll have but, some fun uh, stuff. Don't forget to tune into the first annual Empty Betters Awards coming to you in about a week, give or take a couple days. We'll see. Yeah. You'll you'll know. You'll know. We'll, we'll let we'll make sure you don't miss it. Yeah. But, uh, when you see the ro- red carpet getting rolled out, that's when you know. There you go. There you go. Appreciate the love and support as always, everybody. Uh, thank you. And without further ado, class dismissed. Class dismissed.